Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Times 15. So excited to be bringing you part five of our annual special. This is Predictions on Steroids. We fondly call it 2018 Predictions Part 5. And we are live here on January 17th, 2018. So welcome a hundred times. In total on this five-part special, we will have brought you more than 70 thought leaders. That's right, 7-0, count them. I think we're inching up towards 75 with their predictions for what's coming up this year and even beyond in the worlds of business and strategy and technology. Brilliant minds, great thinkers. Let me just start off by telling you uh, three, four things that were very, very, very wrongly predicted way back in the day so we can level set a little bit here. Here's a quote from Ken Olson, president, chairman, and founder of DEC, Digital Equipment Corporation. He said in 1977, there is no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. Just let me sit, let that sink in for a second. Here's another one. This telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. The device is inherently of no value to us. That was an 1876 internal memo in Western Union. Okay, and one more. We don't like their sound, and guitar music is on the way out. That's a Decca recording company executive who rejected the Beatles in 1962. Could they have been wronger? Okay. So today, if you're wishing and dreaming, hoping and praying for a crystal ball to give you a sneak peek into what this year could bring for your company, your industry, and the world, we have the next best thing. We think we have 15 people lined up. We're waiting for one to join us. And let me get started with some introductions. First segment, I will be speaking with the following people. Perry Van Beek is the founder and owner of Social.one. He's been helping companies with LinkedIn and social selling since 2009 and has 20 years in international sales. A sidebar, he survived two open heart surgeries and decided to fulfill his dream of starting his own business. Yay, Perry. Joining him on the panel, we hope to get Morgan Jones, General Manager of Televerity Europe. He's an accomplished B2B sales, marketing, and demand generation leader. Uh, third in this segment, as the founder and CEO of Lucas Point Ventures, Adam Quinton invests in and advises early stage companies. In 2015, he was featured in Tech.co as one of eight VCs making waves. I love that title. And in 2016, Adam was named one of 26 great. Great people spearheading change in tech investment by Silicon Republic. And rounding out this segment is Jerome Custer's Senior Manager in Deloitte's Supply Chain Management Tech practice. He has a focus on managing and delivering international business process transformation projects facilitated by SAP Package Technology. So let's hear from Perry Van Beek. Perry, a little late, but I think I'm still allowed to wish you Happy New Year and welcome. And I'm giving you two minutes to start your prediction. So Perry, you're up. Thank you, Bonnie. And thank you for having me on this. Well, Happy New Year to you, of course, and Happy New Year to, to all the listeners. Uh, it's fantastic to be on here and it's a, it's a great honor. So so let me just start with, with the major prediction for, two, for 2018. Um, if you ask me, I mean, I've been watching the, the whole social selling thing for, for about eight years now, like I mentioned. And what I've been seeing is that, you know, there's a lot of content. People are publishing a lot of content. And my prediction for 2018 is, is two words, atomic content. And let me focus on content first. And basically, there's three types of content. 
First is, you know, it's company content. You know, like the, 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 the kind of content that your company produces, like brochures and, and, and videos and then basically prop promotional material. And then, then there's industry content, you know, co content about your brands, about your expertise, about your field of, of work. And the third is, of course, of course, your own content, you know, the blogs that you write or, or videos that you, that you shoot of yourself doing something. Um, now, um, how does that relate to, 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 uh, to being atomic? Well, because what does at atomic basically mean? It's always top of mind in your community. And that's a really powerful thing to, to think about. Because a lot of people are just blasting their networks with, with a lot of content every day. They're just blasting, blasting, blasting. And they're not really engaging with, 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 their, with their networks. And that's a big problem. So what you need to be doing uh, in 2018 is you need to, to create yourself a, 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 like, like a diagram, like a program for yourself. You know? and, and every week, uh, you know, every week you're going to share five content at least. Now that's one company, one, three industry, and, and, and one of your own. Now... Um, how are you going to create? How are you going to make sure that that's going to be atomic? Well, it's quite simple. Make sure that you you draw out response. You know, so don't just blast it, blast it with your network, but but ask questions, ask open questions, draw out a response, draw out a discussion, and of course you need to monitor those discussions and and, and respond to them and and, and 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 you know be approachable. Show that you're approachable. So now that's you know. You, well, what you're going to notice is that you know if you're going to be targeting like CEOs, if you're in sales and you're you're targeting CEOs, you're going to probably notice that that's, that CEO, he may not notice you. He may not notice your posts. And, um, and now it is still crucial to, to keep doing that, to keep sharing your, your, for your personal branding and for your position as an expert in your field. But still, you know, the, the real targets, they may not notice your posts at all. They may not notice one. They may not notice any of your posts. So what, what is it that you need to do? Because that CEO that you're trying to reach, on average, they have about 930 connections. So... Uh, so it's a really slim chance that you're going to reach him. So what you need to do is you need to define the influence and the decision makers within your network and really, really pin them down. Tag them if you, have, if you use Sales Navigator. And if you don't, you, know, that's, you need to level up there. So, and then what you need to start doing is you need to personally engage with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis at least once a month. Now, the mistake most, most salespeople make there is they focus on the sales. And what you need to do is you need to create a dialogue with them every month and, and and, and the dialogue should not be, not be about what can I sell you, but it should be about how can I help you. So, so you need to really get, get in that personal contact with, with the movers and shakers in, in your network. Um, that way, you know, you, you will not need to sell to them. They will actually buy from you. And more than that, they will not, not only will they buy from you, they will sell you to their networks because they will be your biggest ambassadors and your biggest fans. And that's my biggest prediction for 2018. There will be more one-on-one -on -one interaction. And it's basically, it's like 20 years ago, you know, that's how, how we used to do business and sales 20 years ago. And I love it, you know, be, there'll be more, less mass and more individual. And I love that. Thank you, Perry. Great start sense. to our, sh thank you very, it makes great sense. Let me move on. I don't think we have Morgan yet. Uh, let's go to Adam Quinton. Adam, we're ready for your predictions. I've got two minutes with your name on them. Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to Pleasure. have a very high-level megatrend prediction for 2018 because uh, I think it's going to be the year that U.S. public policy starts to think more about big technology and certainly a year where big technology companies try to, uh, if I can put it like this, run away from public policy hard. So my basic idea is this, that, that the size and impact of the leading tech players is, is, when you look back in history, not unprecedented, nor is the 
personal wealth of some of those entrepreneurial founders, nor, by the way, more generally is the level of income inequality in which tech plays um, arguably quite a big role. So income inequality last dramatically spiked um, the way it's done in recent years back in the 1920s. My point being, big tech starts to look a lot like the way industry involved in the Gilded Age, for those that remember that or remember their history. So, you know, the turn of the 19th going into the 20th century when you had massively transformative technologies, they created huge wealth, but also big business concentration. Now, back then, we were talking about tangible things like oil and railroads and stuff like that. But now, of course, we're talking about virtual things, so social networks and search engines and e-commerce. And generally speaking, when you do have those concentrations of market power, huge wealth creation, and, of course, a big impact on people's everyday lives, uh, ultimately, I I think anyway, it doesn't go without some scrutiny and and possibly counter-reaction. Um, And I think we're starting to see that reaction now. So you think about things like the concern over the role of social media in the last election with the fake news stuff. And then there's more recent examples like YouTube and its policing of videos and and, uh, sort of surprisingly an activist investor having a go at Apple for uh, their effect on, I guess, stealing our kids' uh, attention spans. So to my mind, the big consumer tech platforms um, of, of course, prospered by being very good at taking lots of our attention. In fact, they've perfected uh, being addictive even, and they've certainly had massive influence over the the media. You just look at the the effect that they've had on the legacy media industry, sucking all the ad dollars away and not giving much back. So my point is whether it's YouTube hiring literally thousands of humans to screen videos videos like it did last, uh, announced last December, you know, whether it's Facebook um, recasting its algorithm to consume less of our time, slightly surprisingly, and uh, per Mark Zuckerberg be, quote, uh, good for people's well-being, unquote. I'm pretty sure that in 2018, big tech companies, consumer-facing tech companies across the, the board in particular, will be looking to find ways to look less overbearing um, and a little bit more friendly, and as a result, run away from uh, what I would call public policy threats. Because... Uh, thinking back to the, the Gilded Age and the lessons of the Gilded Age, um, if they don't do that, I think public policy is going to come after them. And I can see a couple of ways that might happen. Uh, you know, one would be a reassessment of antitrust laws, which are way, way, way out of date. And also this time around, other things like heightened uh, regulation or new regulation around areas like privacy, data protection, security, AI, and more. So, You know, my trend prediction for 2018 is U.S. public policy is going to come looking for big technology companies um, and that they are going to try and run away from it. Thank you very much. That's very dramatic. I appreciate that. I can hear them them quivering in their boots right now. Thank you, Adam. We do have Morgan Jones. Morgan, welcome. Glad you are able to join us. Morgan, I have exactly two minutes for you. We'd love to have your predictions. Go ahead, Morgan. Yeah, hi, hi, and uh, thanks for uh, for having me. I I think the the big prediction for 2018. I, I like what the gentleman ahead of me said, uh, but uh, for me, I think it's it's going back to um, you know uh, you know to the future a little bit in in the sense. What I mean by that is, you know, I was at my first Martech uh, conference I think five six years ago, and there was about a uh, hundred people in the room and about twenty companies and. And now you look at the, the MarTech stack, and it's risen to over 5,000 different ways for us to communicate with each other uh, without talking to each other, without you know, spending any time with each other electronically, whether it be uh, following, uh, following uh, you know, our behavior online or following 
you know, our intent and, uh, you know, try to predict what the next step will be. And what I see happening more and more is, uh, especially in Europe, is going back to the human touch, going back to individuals interacting with each other, whether it be via the phone or, uh, you know, through a, a visual media or face-to-face uh, because we start to lose our, um, I think we start to lose that personal, uh, we're, we're social animals at the end of the day. And for us to be able to uh, uh, have meaningful interactions, uh, I think you're going to see that human touch uh, come back more and more. Thank you. That, I think that's a very hopeful, very optimistic, uh, very, very human prediction. Morgan, thank you. I like that. And Jerome Custers at Deloitte, I'm ready for you. Jerome, Jerome two minutes. It's all yours. Thank you, Bonnie. And it's always uh, a pleasure to be uh, in your show. And, and especially thank this you. format, I really like a lot. Because it, it, it really forces us to kind of take a step back, look at what last years have brought us to where we are right now, and kind of see how that's going to change moving forward. And, and in a lot of cases, those predictions to me are perhaps more wishful thinking. So more hoping on what's going to happen than predicting the exact future. My prediction for 2018 is that mass market companies will start unlocking the value of data science, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. And there's a couple of things in there. First, I think... And to a large extent, a lot of the, the words I've said have been around for a very long time, right? They're not new concepts. They've been around for decades. But, but it's really in 2016, 17, that a lot of those concepts have been hyped heavily. And that, that's mainly based on the success of some leading-edge companies really doing cool things in that space. I think for 2018, for me, what, what I hope is going to change um, is that companies will look past that hype and start developing actual frameworks to unlock the value which is behind those techniques, to really see how those techniques can help them um, improve their processes, help them improve value or generate value um, for the organization, for their, uh, for their shareholders. Um, and, and that is a little bit um, uh, going, going to move in, in a direction where companies will start building real business cases, looking at real value, looking at um, how techniques can be applied in the fabric they're, they're organized in right now. And, and that's not very uncommon, right? If I say that some of those techniques have been around for a very long time, then it's actually very common in more disruptive innovations that um, while these techniques have been around for a long time, they have not proven to generate a lot of value because if they would have, they would have been adopted much more right now. So I feel that this really is the tipping point where we're going to see a lot of um, data science-driven new applications in 2018 which are going to be adopted um, we're going to see um, artificial intelligence really get infused into companies and really get adopted because by now the business value of those techniques kind of beats the more traditional approaches. So I really look forward to that trend materializing. I really look forward to um, those concepts de-hyping. I really um, look forward to companies, uh, let's say, taking a step back and really think back about what adds value for my business and how can I make sense out of these hyped concepts which uh, have been pushed to me over the last year. Thank you, Jerome. Great. And I have a quick question for my four wonderful panelists on this opening segment. I'm just going to go through you one sentence each. That's all we have time for. What did you enjoy the best in your cup drinking over the holidays, or what are you drinking today? Perry Van Beek, fast. What's in your cup? Oh, I had a my cup over the holidays was at Christmas. I opened the bottle. That was a gift. Uh, it was a red wine from, from the south of France. And I thought it was going to be okay, and uh, I opened it with the whole family. It was a big magnum bottle. I thought it was going to be okay. You know, this is one that you just give away or do you pour out with the family. 
And it was an exceptional bottle. And I didn't realize it was a very expensive bottle as well. But we loved it. We enjoyed it. And we finished it too quickly, though. But it's, it's beautiful. Really enjoyed that. So absolutely. Thank you very much. Morgan Jones, what was in your cup over the holidays? We've got to be fast here. Go ahead. Yes, I uh, had a chance to go to Vienna and, and have some Turkish coffee. It was made my hair grow, and it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that very personalized comment. I appreciate that. Adam Quinton, what were you drinking? Uh, this is an easy one, Bonnie. My uh, daughter got engaged, which is very exciting, so we had some lovely Tatanger champagne to celebrate. Oh, wonderful. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov to you and your family. I wish great happiness to the couple and your own ch- customers. What were you drinking? As you know, I'm not American, so I never had eggnog before. I started drinking eggnog <laughs> this holiday period. <laughs> I drank it out of the carton, and my supermarket customizes the promotions, and they just sent me an email this morning that it's buy one, get one free, and I'm saying, no, 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 not again. Thank you to my four (laughs) wonderful panelists. We have to say goodbye. Wish you Happy New Year. I've got four more waiting in the wings. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Predictions on Steroids, part five of our 2018 Predictions special, and by the end of today, we will have brought you predictions from 75 thought leaders. We are so excited. So, gentlemen, have a great one. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be speaking with David Yonker and Fabiana Lacerca-Allen, Maricel Cabahug, and Joe Burton. So, Aaron, let's take a quick break. We're out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. Continuing part five of our prediction special, let me tell you who's on this segment. David Yonker, Vice President, Thought Leadership Marketing, leads the global thought leadership marketing team at SAP, and I know him well because he's my manager. David's not here. I'm going to read his predictions. He was called into an urgent meeting and also joining him, even though he's not here, on this segment, Fabiana Lacerca-Allen. She's the president of Ethiprax, E-T-H-I-P-R-A-X. She has more than 25 years of working with leading companies such as 
Elon, Bristol, Myers, Squibb, Microsoft, and Merck in legal and compliance leadership roles, including Chief Compliance Officer. She's also been a corporate board member. Joining her on the panel, we have Joe Burton. He's the founder and CEO of Will, W-H-I-L Concepts, a digital training platform helping employees to, oh, this is good, reduce stress, increase resiliency, improve sleep and performance. That's what I would love to do. And also in this segment, SAP's Global Head of Design, UX, and SAP Fiori Product Management, Maricel Kabahug. She leads a multidisciplinary team of designers, user researchers, architects, developers, product managers, and design thinking practitioners responsible for the UX, that's user experience of SAP solutions. And now let's get started. Let me read, if I can scroll up here, let me read David's predictions quickly, and then we will move on. David Yonker predicts the following. Listen carefully. Bitcoin and Ethereum, the second most valuable cryptocurrency, will spike higher before crashing in 2018. In 2017 alone, Bitcoin went from $900 to over $19,000 for a 2100% gain. Ethereum left Bitcoin behind, rising from under $10 in January to over $1,200 one year later for a 12,000% gain. He says that doesn't mean cryptocurrencies and the underlying blockchain technology are coming to an abrupt end. They will be heading, listen to this, through the hype cycle's trough of disillusionment before heading into the slope of enlightenment and finally the plateau of productivity by 2020 that's number one number two from david yonker in 2018 the tale of two data privacy laws will come into sharp contrast again in may the european union's gdpr that's general data protection regulation comes into effect largest companies can be fined up to four percent of their revenue for the worst kinds of infractions in stark contrast the u.s government just renewed fisa Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which allows the government to collect, store, and read emails that may be sent to or from Americans. FISA and GDPR highlight how wide the data privacy spectrum really is around the world and the geopolitical nature of data. In many ways, Europe, and especially Germany, is the Swiss bank for data with strong privacy laws, while the U.S. continues to be the wild, wild west. Thank you, David. Fabiana, we are ready for you. Two minutes. We'd love to hear your predictions. Go ahead. Good morning, and thank you so much for the opportunity, Bonnie. I love your program. It's strategic and insightful. And I have thank been you. listening uh, to the previous speaker, and, and I'm going to start with something totally different, and it has to do more with uh, my side of the world. So 2018 started with some hard discussions, extreme points of views, some opinions that generated some very strong opposition. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this year brings great opportunities for us to show leadership, to demonstrate high integrity, and to stand up to what's wrong. And we're going to see that companies, especially boards, are going to be leading by example. And I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to hope that there's going to be more diverse boards and that we are going to help others contribute to a better place to make a difference. Um, I anticipate that you know, despite everything that's happening in the technology world, and it's amazing because, you know, um, every year brings something new. Every couple months brings something new. I think we're going to have more human interactions. We're going to go back to mindfulness. We're going to go back to uh, things like emotional intelligence, intuition, um, treating each other better with respect, looking for common ground, things that we haven't seen too much in 2017, but um, generally haven't taken us to a good place. I see that we are going to speak up more and that you're going to have 
um, a lot more interactions with, with people that want to make a difference. And so I think it's going to be a very exciting year indeed and that we are going to see a lot of positive change. Thank you. I love the optimism in that, Fabiana. You're always so upbeat, and we are thrilled to have you so much. And next, I had the order wrong in the bio, so Maricel Cabahug, you are up next. Maricel, we'd love to have your two minutes of predictions. Go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie, and I do love your show. So let me start with a quote. Um, I think that this is attributed to Bill Gates or maybe it's someone else. We always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that will occur in the next ten. So at the risk of being too early with my predictions, here here they are, mm-hmm. and it's in the area of UX, as you can expect. Mm-hmm. First, in the enterprise, there will be more investments in voice or conversational UI. But contrary to what others think, um, voice interface will not completely free us from screen displays. Um, after all, human communication is not only verbal, and pictures do still speak a thousand words. Augmented reality, the technology that could finally free us from screens and usher in a new kind of user experience, which we call immersive user experience, although it offers a lot of exciting possibilities, will remain a proof of concept in 2018 especially in the enterprise. It will not hit mainstream in business until we have an AR platform for the ecosystem. Virtual reality, its um, cousin, um, will lag behind until someone else or someone invents a device that will make us look dopey when we use it. Um, Second, (laughs) as technology becomes more democratized in the digital era, Product features will become a commodity and user experience becomes a differentiator. So technologies like AI, natural language processing, AR, VR will require us to truly understand humans. Traditional user research methods will not be sufficient to realize the possibilities of these technologies. With AI, for example, we have now discovered that we know very little about human beings. After failing on small missing details of human emotions, irrational decision-making, and tacit needs, technology advancement alone will not unlock the true power of AI. It needs to be based on our understanding of human mind, social behavior, embodied experiences. Lastly, Individualized experience will become the norm also in the enterprise. Companies will continue to leverage AI to personalize content, automate tasks, offer suggestions, propose options. We have come to expect that apps or systems must know our needs and how we work. We lose patience otherwise. So in summary, I see 2018 Mm -hmm. as a great year for humans. I love that. More optimism. Thank you so much. Perfect on the heels of what Fabiana shared. And Joe Burton, I want you to make me relax, but we only have two minutes for it, so go ahead, Joe. All right, Bonnie, thanks for having me. Uh, My first prediction, declining trust. Uh, The 2017 Edelman Trust Barometer showed we have a world crisis when it comes to trust. Uh, 2017 was the first time ever the majority of people in 20 out of 28 countries now mistrust the media, government, CEOs, political leaders. So we have a real problem here, and it's making its way into companies with employees feeling a sense of injustice, a lack of hope, um, lack of confidence, and a desire for change. So expect this declining trust to have a big impact on your business this year. Second up, not surprisingly, increasing stress. In the past two years, uh, the American Psychological Association their Stress in America report has shown alarming increases in stress, 30 to 40% for employees feeling nervous, anxious, depressed, sad, constantly worrying, and 40% of the population feeling angry most of the time. 
So in the United States, uh, this is before all the uh, current political turmoil and uncertainty that we've been talking about earlier in today's segment. So expect stress to continue to have an impact on your absenteeism, employee insomnia, healthcare costs, et cetera. This is a problem that's going to continue. This is building up to a better prediction, so stick with me. Uh, third, uh, increasing turnover. Uh, CompData came out with their recent surveys showing in 2017, we had our seventh straight year of increases in employee turnover. It was uh, 14% in 2011, and now it's at 20 or 18% in 2017. Uh, I predict it's going to hit 20% in 2018. That's a problem. And it's connected to this decrease in, tr- in trust to increase employee stress, the pace of modern living. So let me wrap it up with a lucky extra, a fourth trend or prediction. <laughs> Uh, more and more companies are going to be focusing on their culture. Um, I predict a movement away from doing business with, for the people to with the people. I agree with Fabiana. Programs like mindfulness and emotional intelligence are the antidote. Expect more and more of that to help train an employee workforce that's collaborative, open, curious, non-judgmental, and high-performing. Thank you. Ah, thank you. We we went from very optimistic to a reality check there, Joe. I really appreciate it. You kind of hit us in the face with those, but I like the I like the end there. Let's quickly cycle through the panel. I don't know what David was drinking over the holidays, but Fabiana, what was in your cup over the holidays? A drink that made you really, really happy. Well, you know, Bonnie, we had this discussion before. I love Malbec from Argentina. You can never go wrong with a Luigi Bosca. And I had a lot to celebrate this December and this January. And so um, I had a few of those. Wonderful. A few. I like that a lot. Maricel Kabahuk, what did you have over the holidays? It's always a celebration with champagne. So we did um, um, a tasting with the family. Ooh, nice. I like that a lot. And let's go to Joe Burton. What made you relax and and have some optimism over the holidays? We had eggnog milkshakes uh, with our little kids, and my wife and I may have spiked ours with some whiskey. May have. Well, as long as you didn't get it near the little ones, that's fine. Thank you so much to the four of you, the three of you, plus David Yonker. Happy New Year to everyone. We're going to take a quick break. I've lost my Skype communication with my engineer, but Aaron, you can talk in my ear. So, Aaron, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Mario Martinez, Jr., Travis Tompkins, Paul Moderman, and Grace Scott. Can't wait. So, whatever this means to you, just don't go away. We'll be right back. Aaron, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Okay, we're back. We're missing a couple people, but we're going to plow forward with predictions with the two we have. So let me tell you who's on the line. I'm going to be speaking in a moment with Paul Moderman. His writing has been featured in SAP Professional Journal, the SAP Insider blog, and the Popular Mindset blog. Paul believes clear communication. No, I still don't have Skype with my engineer. Uh, Paul believes, here we are. He believes clear communication is just as important as code. I'm a coder from the old days, Paul, but he also has serious developer chops. His tech career has spanned, yes, here we are. Okay, we got Skype now. His tech career, sorry about that, has spanned web applications with tech like Net, NET, Java, Python, and React, also SAP Solutions. So, joining him on this segment will be Gray Scott, one of the world's leading experts in the field of emerging technology and a visionary futurist board member of the World Futurist Society. Everything about Gray is futuristic, even his headshot. He's the host of Futuristic Now, a weekly ad-free web series covering topics like, these are the ones I can say on the air, Gray, techno-philosophy, robotics, AI, conversational computing, wearable tech, digital consciousness, mind-to-machine technologies like brain-computer interface and EEG. So let's get started with Paul. Welcome, Happy New Year, and let's give you two minutes for your predictions. Paul Moderman, you're up. Thanks, Thanks, Bonnie. So, okay, I'm going to start small and get bigger and more visionary and, like, out there, okay? So on the relatively short term, we're going to see continued speed to innovation in businesses using technologies like serverless compute computation. So in other words, if I write some code and I put it in Google, I don't need to tell Google, give me two processors and 10 gigabytes of memory, and I just write code and it runs. I don't have to think about what computer will do it. It just runs when it runs, okay? And that's going to yep. make enterprise and personal development much faster. Okay, so that's, that's a small piece that's been there for a while. It's starting to really ramp up. Next up, a little bit larger, <clears throat> I think that artificial intelligence will continue to uh, augment us. It's not yet at the place where it's replacing many people at all, but it will add value and continue to enhance things, and it will do things like Rather than, because in the last year or so, we've seen a lot of these, like, chat bots, you know, where you type something to a bot and it kind of tries to respond to you. And we've seen things like uh, Alexa and Google Home have this sort of voice that you talk to the computer and it talks back to you. Mm-hmm. What's really going to start to emerge now is, rather than trying to talk to a computer and get the computer to respond to you, the computer will simply listen as you're talking to someone else and then make little hints and suggestions to you as you do the talking. 
So in other words, you don't have to try to figure out how to talk to a computer. The computer just is just going to listen and then suggest things to you sort of in the background and silently and give you little hints and little enhancements, <laughs> like it'll read the sentiment of the person you're talking with and tell you if they're upset or it'll tell you if they're becoming starting to get frustrated or it will let you know um, <clears throat> certain things like if you're talking about invoices, it will bring up your invoice application on your screen. You know, all this kind of stuff will really go more and more powerful this year and going forward. Also, going even more kind of heady broad, I think we're going to see some progress in ways that we interact with technology. So you take things like smartphones and tablets where touch has really taken off, you know, and it's there. Everyone knows how to touch screens and do that. And we're starting to see more and more of the voice kinds of things with the, again, Alexa and that kind of stuff. But what's really going to start to come closer is there are a lot of places working on and doing things with brain interface. So you have some things where you can wear a headband and it will monitor how hard you're concentrating on things and affect the world in that way. There's Elon Musk has a company called Neuralink that's actually mm-hmm. working on technology to directly interface your brain to a computer. So maybe not this year, but sometime in soon, you'll be able to think a thought and have it appear wherever you want it to, on a screen, on a computer, on a tablet, wherever. That, that's dangerous. <laughs> right? It's, 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 it's a combination of exciting and dangerous, you know? Because there are times when I'm thinking like a creative thing, I'm like, oh, I wish I could just sort of visualize this right now. There. But then, of course, you know, I don't want all of my thoughts <laughs> to appear on a screen. You know what I mean? So yes, I there's, definitely. Yeah, right? So you have to kind of take some good and bad with that. But there are people, smart people with lots of funding are working on it, and we'll see some pieces of that start to kind of emerge this year, okay? Thank you, Another Paul. Paul, I have, I have is, to move over to, I oh, have to sorry, move over yeah. to the others. We're running late. No, that's fine. These were great. I, I yeah. got two, two full tweets out of that. Very appreciated. Uh, I know that Mario Martinez is waiting in the wings, but since I didn't introduce him yet, Gray, let's go with you. Two minutes for you, and then Mario, I'll bring you in. Gray Scott. Gray is on so many of our Game Changer shows during the year. I sometimes think I could turn it over to him, but I'm not going to. Gray, <laughs> go, go, ahead, go ahead, Gray. What are your predictions? Thanks, Bonnie. So I've been listening to the show all morning, and uh, my prediction is is based in a philosophical realm, and that is that the future is a portal inward. And the reason I believe that is because almost all of the things that you guys have been talking about on the show, and actually what Paul was just talking about, can be distilled into that one line, that the future is a portal inward. As we move further into the future, our technologies and algorithms will enable us to become more aware of who and what we really are. So some of those technologies include big data, artificial reality, virtual reality, predictive analytics, haptics, gene editing, and AI digital ethics. And all of these will lead us into a deeper understanding of the true human condition and who and what we really are. Now, that's important because we want to know that so that we can do business in a more ethical way in the future. And we're starting to see this. You know, the 90s, 2000s were sort of about this exciting innovation. And now suddenly our, the, the excitement is wearing off and people are starting to realize that we've made some mistakes. You know, you see statements from Mark Zuckerberg saying he wants to change Facebook because of some of the mistakes he's made. So, We're going to see more of that. We're going to see more companies decide that the innovation was fun 
and this was a novelty, but now it's time to get back to figuring out what works for everyone and not just a few of the people. So another part of this, uh, in the future, AI itself will become the new resource as essential as water and electricity. AI will read our minds, predict our desires, record our dreams, as fantastical as that sounds. It is, this is something that the University of Kyoto is already working on. The ability to be able to output what you're seeing visually into a computer system, this is already happening. So what we're seeing is this trend in the futures field towards moving not outward, but inward to the self, into the psychological realm, into the world of the human mind. And, you know, people have said the mind is the final frontier, and and I think that is exactly where we're headed. Wow. Gray, always uh, always astonishing. Thank you very much. And uh, now let me introduce our third panelist. We have two minutes left for him, Mario Martinez, Jr., CEO and founder of Vengresso. He's a keynote speaker. Mario was named one of the top 25 most influential inside sales professionals and the sixth most influential social selling leader and number one online sales guru in the world, Mario Martinez. Welcome. Happy New Year. And we've got two minutes for you. Go ahead, Mario. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Uh, excited to be here with you. Appreciate it. So I have two predictions, and it is more on the sales and marketing side, naturally. That's where we fit in and that's where we play. Um, And really, the first prediction is all about how to align marketing with sales. And we're starting to see this a lot more, that marketing is tied to a productivity-based KPI. But today, overarching is over a general marketing organization. However, in 2018 and going into 2019, what you're going to see is CEOs are going to be putting together a productivity-based KPI by individual role within a marketing organization. And the metric that I predict will be the key metric that is managed um, to each individual is how many conversations did they create for sales, right? How many more conversations did they create for the sales organization? Because that's really the function of marketing is to create brand awareness and to create top-of-funnel activity. Um, Along with many other things, of course, I'm generalizing. But nonetheless, uh, I think CEOs will no longer allow marketing to just drive campaigns and spend valuable dollars that do not convert into sales conversations. Now, what marketing can't control, of course, is what happens when the sales rep says hello and, uh, and beyond, right? It is, it is all about um, the, getting them those conversations. And I think it's critical to hold marketing um, accountable uh, to this type of KPI in order to determine the effectiveness of their campaigns and dollars spent. Um, but marketing will be challenged by this skill set of the sales team, or lack thereof, (laughs) to turn those conversations into opportunities. Thus, my second prediction, which is all about the allocation of training dollars towards skill set training, will increase dramatically for salespeople. Uh, And because selling has dramatically increased in its complexity, I think um, leaders will look to focus their training dollars on developing the skill set of sales in several areas. One, modernizing the sales team to think like a digital marketer, but sell like a salesperson. Two, to understand how to leverage digital selling techniques, not social, digital, which creates more conversations. And those are things like how to leverage artificial intelligence correctly so that it nudges you to do the right thing at the right time. How do you engage with video? How do you engage with text? How do you engage with social? How do you properly write an email so that you get the response that you need? And those, Bonnie, are my two predictions. I hope I hit your two minutes. 
You sure did. Thank you, Mario. I appreciate it. Let me quickly run through the panel here and let's see what you were all drinking over the holidays. So, Paul Moderman, what was in your cup that made you smile? Go ahead. Uh, Mountain Dew, because it has the double kick of sugar and caffeine, and I need both of them. Wow, isn't that funny? My engineer, I think a few minutes ago, Aaron texted that he was drinking Mountain Dew over the holidays. I thought you were reading it, Paul. You're not allowed to read my text with Aaron. No, 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 no. That's not allowed. Thank you. That is very strange. And let's go to Gray Scott. I'm almost afraid to ask, but what was in your cup over the holidays? <laughs> Gray? Actually, it's very mild. I had a cold over the holidays, so I was sipping soup over the holidays. Oh, right. You told me that. Okay. Well, yeah. I hope you're feeling better. Yes. And I, I found out it was a broth soup, right? Was it homemade? Yeah. Tell me quickly. Broth? It is. Homemade. It's a vet- I, I, I made a vegetable soup. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to make in the winter. I'm, I want the recipe. I absolutely want, I want the futurist recipe to see why. I, I don't eat red meat, and I don't think you do either, so we'll probably be able to share recipes. Thank you, Gray. And let's get Mario Martinez. What was in your cup over the holidays, Mario? Well, as you know, I like to play hard for 11 months and I'm sorry, work hard for 11 months and play hard for a month. So we were in Hawaii for the month of December. And I have this thing when I go on vacation, I like to drink decaf coffee. I don't know what it is, but I don't drink coffee at all at ever at throughout. I mean, not ever, maybe once in a while, but not regularly. But for almost an entire month, I got to drink a cup or two of coffee per day. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I hope it was a good one. Thank you to, yes, okay, my engineer is telling my next three guests for our closing segment, we're not taking a break. We're just going to go straight through to thank you to the three people who were just on, Paul, Gray, and Mario. You all rock. I appreciate it. Have a good one. I will be talking to you during the year. And let's move quickly to Josh Bernstein at EMC. Josh joined EMC as VP of Technical Strategy for the Emerging Technologies Division. Before that, he ran the Deployment and Infrastructure Architecture Team at Apple for Siri. For four and a half years, he was a member of the small team that took Siri from launch to 60,000 servers deployed in 17 locations worldwide. He's also worked on NASA missions. Joining him on this segment will be Hosin Min, Global Head of Envision Practice at the Value Prototyping COE Center of Excellence, Global Customer Office, SAP. That's a very long title. He developed the Envision methodology with two professors and practiced more than 200 critical customer projects over the past 10 years. And rounding out the panel is my colleague, on the thought leadership team at SAP. It's Daniel Dan Wellers, Global Lead for Digital Futures. He has held many U.S. and international roles with IT organizations from startups to mega cap global global firms. Welcome, the three of you. Josh Bernstein, I have two minutes, and that's all with your name on them. Go ahead, Josh. You're up next. I'm sure Josh will call back. Hosin Min, I'm ready for your predictions. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, so 2018 there would be a meaningful transition in terms of how businesses are seeking for the digital transformation with all the hot technologies. So, um, so looking back to 2016 and 17, um, that there, we are living in the world of all the fuzzy, buzzy technology worlds like um, the artificial intelligence, machine learning, and natural language processing. Even nowadays, um, the cognitive computing, so all, all kinds of stuff. Um, so 2016 and 17, that if I'm looking back, that businesses are more focusing on the ideation and idea exploration. If we think about the, the transition from idea to concept and concept to reality, 2018 would be the year of the concept, and business will come with a much more clear 
business concept as well as a scenario and searching for the business solution with the hot technologies. 2019 and 20 afterwards that the business are more um, way on way toward apply the concept to uh, the business reality. So in the past two years, that the, when, whenever the executive and business um, coming toward SAP or, or other consulting companies so searching for the new innovation, um, they basically comes with a question that what is possible, what is not possible with this hot technology. And their main objective is to, to find out the great idea to trigger the interest of the, their executive. Um, but 2018 would be a significantly different. Um, the business will come with a much more clear business concept and scenario and asking for the business solution and technology solutions. And then, and then their, their objective is also changing. So, um, so their objective is um, to, find, uh, to, to, um, to find out what is the IT and business solution to enable their um, business model and concept. And they, their challenge is more on the how to validate those ideas. And the interesting part is that, um, that in the past two years, the idea is, uh, is to a certain degree is detached from the budget or corporate initiative. This year, I do see more that uh, all the business concept is a, it would, can be a part of um, the, their business initiative, which means that comes with the budget. And, and people will more eye on the, what it takes and what other solution is available and what is feasible and viable. And they will start to eye on the, um, the architectural choice or platform which would be the foundation for them to move forward toward the next year phases. So, so in a nutshell, that 2018, I do expect that there would be a meaningful progress for enterprise to set up the foundation to adopt and adapt those new hot topic tech technology into the business reality. Thank you, Hosen. I'm going to move on now to, uh, we have Josh Bernstein. Josh has just joined us. Josh, quit your joshing is your handle. I'm going to put that in here. And Josh, welcome, and I've got exactly two minutes for you. So go ahead. We're ready for your predictions. Go ahead, Josh. Thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. I appreciate it. It's always good to be on the show. Thank you. You're um, kind. Go ahead. I, I think that um, we're going to have a very interesting year in 2018 around uh, personal security and personal information. I think for the past decade or so, as, um, as a society, we have become incredibly depersonalized, and, and I think the digital, the move to digital has really depersonalized the human interactions that we have, and really the interactions that we have with other brands and companies that we do business with. And we've done this um, sort of knowingly and comfortably with, with this notion that we are free to give up personal information and almost depersonalize ourselves publicly in exchange for some free service or for some free piece of information or, you know, for Facebook, for Gmail, for whatever the case may be. And, and we've grown very comfortable with, with this. But I, I think that um, uh, 2018 is going to be the year of uh, – we're going to reach a day of reckoning here where uh, I think people are going to realize that, you know what, giving up all this information, giving up all this identity that makes my life really difficult is going to – has to come to a halt. I think we have to preserve our sense of identity. I think we have to preserve ourselves um, in, in sort of the humanistic sense instead of on the digital sense. 
And I think there's going to be a series of articles and there's going to be a series of events that are going to affect everybody very personally. Um, I'm thinking this past year's examples of the, the Equifax breach, um, something like, you know, the Sony Pictures and HBO, those were, weren't really, you know, broadly um, reaching uh, for, for humans. Um, but I think that... Um, uh, I, I think that we're going we're gonna to have a series of events that are hopefully going to get people to think twice about, uh, you know, what kinds of information is important to them and hopefully have society sort of reestablish our own personal identity where um, we're no longer exchanging, uh, you know, free information for, for some good or from some service. I hope that we get back to protecting that a little bit. And I think there's going to be a security breach and there's going to be a series of stories around um, things that affect the vast majority of Americans rather than just, um, you know, a Sony Pictures and HBO or even an Equifax, which, which seemed that there was no punishment or no recourse for. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a brand. It'll be a service that all of us sort of uh, use every day. It'll be maybe a cloud provider like an Amazon or a Google, um, and, and I hope that we'll, we'll get back to that. So, so that's my first prediction is something around the security space. Okay, and I then, need to I need to move. I can give you thirty seconds because I need to save two minutes for Dan, and we're running out of time. So thirty seconds. Go ahead, Josh. I'll, I'll give you thirty seconds. And then my my second space is going to be. Um, I hope that we uh, we get a chance to to sort of uh, um, deal with this sort of ethical dilemma around digital assistance. I think this will be the year of home automation and voice activation, voice devices in the home. But the question that always sticks out in my mind is whether or not you're supposed to be polite to these devices. And I thank think we're you. raising and a generation. I always children. say thank and, you and to Alexa. <laughs> yeah, I always I say thank you. I do. Thank you very much. Dan Wellers, I saved two minutes for you, and Alexa's talking to me in the other room. Be quiet. Go ahead, Dan. It's all yours. <laughs> Belated Happy New Year, buddy, and it's Thank great you, to be here. Um, so I, I predict this. I predict that we are going to see a wholesale shift in business strategy among CEOs and boards. Uh, toward a wide recognition that, that the way to, to guarantee a profitable future for their companies is to focus on, on solutions to critical social and global issues, that, that, that solving problems of an environment and society, these aren't just good corporate social responsibility types of things, although they are certainly that, but these opportunities to make the world a better place are also opportunities to increase their profits. To, to, to outperform their competition. So, so this means putting solutions for problems like, like poverty or hunger or affordable energy or clean water or climate change or health care. Put these things at the core. They will be putting these things at the core of their business and integrating them into and aligning them with their strategy. And the result of that will be greater profits. Now, to some that might sound mercenary, but... but but it's really critical, and here's why. We usually Dan, 30 seconds. To, 30 seconds. So Go ahead. We look fast. to governments and NGOs to solve these problems, but they, but they don't scale. They don't have the resources to scale. Uh, there's not enough taxes. There's not enough do- donations for them. Business attracts resources when it, meets, when, it, when it meets needs at a profit. Profit attracts more resources, and that makes it self-sustaining and scalable. So Damn without well, profit, it's, it's not. So I think, that, I think we're starting to wake up to that. And that's good I love that. Thank you. You were the first one to mention that, and I appreciate it. In one word, Hosen, what were you drinking over the holidays? Fast. One word. Blue wine. Okay. Wine. Josh Bernstein, what was in your cup? Josh? Uh, Japanese whiskey. 
Oh, lovely. And Dan Wellers, what were you drinking? One word. Uh, uh, pomegranate Manhattan. Oh, I like that. Thank you to the three of you. Thank you to everyone who showed up today. We had 14 more very savvy thought leaders. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. It has been, I hate to say this, but a blast hosting this five-week special. It was in December and January. We will publish the links, but you can always go to voiceamerica.com, the business channel. Look for Coffee Break with Game Changers, our logo with the coffee cup. Find the page. Look on the episode directory on the right-hand side, and you will see all of these specials. So, Aaron, our fearless engineer. Thank you. You have been amazing. And here's my call to action. I'm not changing it because it still applies. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? It's time. It's 2018. Go out and be a game changer right now today. That's an order. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.